What's going on, guys? So in today's episode of the podcast, I want to go over five running backs that I believe have the or five running backs with an ADP of the fourth round or later that I believe have top five upside at their position. So starting things off, and just to be clear, I don't take top five upside that label. I don't take that lightly. Like I really mean they can be a top five, a RB5 overall at minimum this season if all things go right for them. Um, and it's, you know, obviously – I'm not guaranteeing or or predicting that they finish at this price. I mean, at this uh, at this level, but I do think that it's extremely possible. You know, not likely, but possible. So we'll start things off here, and I'm going to go in order of most likely to happen and to uh, least likely. So starting off, so which would translate to my most likely to be RB uh, top top five running back here would be David Johnson. David Johnson is a guy that. First of all, we've seen it from him before, right? We have seen this side of him. The last time David Johnson was in a good offense, he put up over 1,200 rushing yards, had 16 rushing touchdowns, and he also had 80 receptions for 879 yards and four receiving touchdowns. That's 20 offensive touchdowns, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe he also had a kick return for a touchdown in that year. So that just – I only add in the kickoff – touchdown to just show you the the full talent and just what this guy has to offer from a talent standpoint um over the first six weeks of 2019 david johnson and the 2019 was not his best season by by any stretch but over the first six weeks of 2019 he was the rb6 and a half point ppr and that was on a team that didn't even run the ball over the first over the first six games, especially over the first half of last season, the Cardinals were not running the ball effectively and they were not running the ball consistently. So David Johnson still did that mainly with his ability to make plays in the passing game. And he definitely can do that. Like we we all have seemingly shut the door on David Johnson because of what he did last year. And in part because of what he did the year before, but which is so strange to me because I watched this time last year, I was cautioning people, do not spend a first-round pick on David Johnson. I caught a lot of flack for that. There was A lot of people were saying he was the best. He, he would finish as RB1. Um, I'm not saying this to, to toot my own horn. What I'm saying this for is to remind you what you thought of David Johnson just one year ago. And guess what? For, after six weeks of last season, after six weeks of an NFL season being played, if you drafted David Johnson in the first round, you were not mad at it. You had a top six running back. He was top. He was actually RB5 in full PPR leagues. So he wasn't, you know, having these crazy good games, but he was a top six running back. So that said, it's so strange to me that we watched – Kenyon Drake come in and outplay David Johnson after David Johnson got hurt. And we saw the Cardinals elect to stick with Kenyon Drake. And then David Johnson gets traded in a sense for DeAndre Hopkins. So it's not like he was traded for a can of peanuts. You know, he was traded for one of the best receivers in football. Some A lot of people consider him the best receiver in football. So that tells you that NFL front offices view David Johnson as still the guy that some people drafted as the 
first overall pick in last year's fantasy uh, on the drafts. Not to mention, David Johnson, this is just one year later, and he actually performed relatively well, at least when it comes to fantasy. And now he's gone to a a situation where his offense is better than what it was. His offensive line is better than what it was last year when he was the RB6 over six games. And he is the unquestioned workhorse back that the Texans want to use. I mean, will Duke Johnson still get some touches? Sure. But David Johnson's going to carry the ball 16 to 18 times a game. And he's still, we all know he has pass catching chops. So he's going to catch three or four passes a game. And that's, I honestly think that's almost his minimum. You know, um, intent is a very important word I, I like to use when I'm when describing what what team what was the team's intent when they signed or traded for David Johnson? Well, their intent was whatever their intent is, the evidence pointing towards that is that they were willing to trade DeAndre Hopkins for that. So that shows you that their likely intent is to give him the damn ball. And the last, like I said, last time we saw David Johnson in a good offense where he got a full workload, he was, I believe, top two or three running backs in fantasy that year. He had 20 offensive touchdowns, you know, so and he had over 2000 yards. So he's still young. I, I like I'm saying, I don't think it's it's a certainty that he's a top five back this year. But honestly, if you told me he was going in the second round, I wouldn't think that was that crazy i might not think it's a great value but i would be like oh yeah that's i mean that makes sense he was going first round last year one year later he has no significant injuries like he was he was on the sidelines suited up for several games down the stretch last season he just that they elected to go in a different direction in arizona so i think public perception of david johnson sitting on the bench or standing on the sideline with his helmet on wanting to play when Kenyon Drake was in and Kenyon Drake was their guy. I think the public perception of us watching that, especially because fantasy football drives out such a strong emotion from, from us fans and players. Like we watch David Johnson, our, the guy we drafted in the first round, we watch him standing on the sidelines and Kenyon Drake in the game or Chase Edmonds in the game and we get mad. And then collectively we form a narrative by saying, screw that guy. I'm not taking, I'm not drafting him. And it drives his ADP down to the fourth round one year after he was going first round, early first round. That's insane. Um, I'm, I've never been, you know, that sold on David Johnson as just like an elite player, but he has enough talent to where if he gets a good, if he gets a full workload, which I believe he will in a very good offense, which I believe the Texans will be, I, I definitely think that David Johnson can be a top five running back in 2020. Now I'm not going to say he's going to be a, you know, that guy moving forward. So this time next year, if he is a top five running back in 2020, this time next year, you'll likely hear me saying don't draft David Johnson in the first round again. (laughs) But in the fourth round, we have the value makes it make enough sense. When we understand what the floor is going to be 16 touch guy is a floor every week. That's that's worthy of it of a fourth round pick, especially when we know, or in my opinion, I believe he has a top five ceiling. So I love it. Give me David Johnson all day. 
uh, especially you can get him in the fifth round in some drafts. And that's just makes me feel even a lot more uh, motivated there. Okay. Number two on this list is Le'Veon Bell. I posted on my Instagram earlier about Bell and, uh, Look, I just want to say to the 2016 Le'Veon Bell should not be forgotten. He averaged averaged 106 rush yards a game, 4.9 yards a carry, over six receptions per game, 6.25 catches and 51 receiving yards per game. And he had he just had only nine total touchdowns, so nothing crazy like David Johnson. But I mean, the guy was averaging over 2016, 2017, he averaged 142 yards per game and scored 20 touchdowns in 27 games. So that alone tells you Le'Veon Bell, without a doubt, has top five upside in general, right? Can he be a top five back? Well, yes, because he's done it several on several occasions, several years. Um, as a matter of fact, he's been a top five back more often than he hasn't in his career in terms of points per game. Uh, <clears throat> last year, he didn't he didn't play his best ball, no doubt. But you have to understand, this is why I was so adamant last season for you guys to not spend a first round pick or a second round pick on Le'Veon Bell was because he didn't play football for an entire year like to take a year off and then to come back not practice basically throughout the entire training camp and preseason didn't play any preseason games really and then to come in and just think that you're gonna roll right over the NFL no and yeah, I know the Jets' offensive line was bad, no doubt. But Le'Veon Bell wasn't ready to play football last year. Why do you think he's taking up boxing this offseason and he's, you know, making all these drastic changes to his diet and overall preparation? It's because he he feels that feeling of he wasn't ready to play football last year. And of course he thinks you know, no big deal. I got this. I didn't practice that much in Pittsburgh in the in the training camp and all that stuff. No big deal. And I didn't have any issue with that the previous year when he was holding out. I still took him number one overall when he ended up holding out on me. But um, I didn't have any issue with him not practicing throughout all of training camp. And I wouldn't have an issue if he didn't practice or play any preseason this year. Which, of course, there won't be preseason this year. But my point is, he's coming off a season where he played 15 games of NFL football. He's not coming off a season where he was working on several rap albums and not playing pro football. He's not coming off the couch for a year to hop in, the, hop in there and play. It's totally different. You know what else is different? His ADP. Once again, similarly to David Johnson, this is a guy that, I mean, I myself drafted number one overall two years ago. He's still just 27. I believe he's 27, right? So, yeah, still 27 years old, and even last year in a bad season, he caught 66 passes. He caught 85% of his, his targets for uh, 66 receptions. Um, so, if he was to average 4.5 yards a carry, his rushing yard total would increase by over 300 yards just last season. I mean, he was like below nine, uh, below 800 yards rushing last year in like, look, I think three, four a carry. So that's that's not good, of course. But with the improvements made to the offensive line, with the reemphasized preparation measures that he's taking this year, along with coming off of a full season of actually playing pro football as the feature back bell cow back, 
I think Le'Veon Bell is in a situation where he's going to catch at least 70 to 75 passes. And he's going to bump that average up from 3-4 to like 4-2 to 4-4, somewhere in there. I think he's going to have at least 1,100 yards rushing and, you know, another potentially eight 900 yards receiving. So I think his floor is very comfortably RB19, which is what he was last year, even with all things considered. But I think his ceiling this season is really and truly top five. I never said that last year at any point. I didn't feel that way. This year, I really do. I think that Le'Veon Bell could be a top five fantasy running back. I don't expect it. I expect more of like, you know, RB12 to RB15. That's where he's ranked for me anyways. But I definitely think that all things considered, ADP considered, he could be a top five back. And I think he's an excellent value there in the fourth round. All right. So third guy on this list, and this one might make you scratch your head for a second, but hear me out is all I ask. He's a running back for the Cleveland Browns named Kareem Hunt. Hunt being drafted as RB28 in the sixth round. Sometimes you can get him in the seventh. Um, of course, Nick Chubb is the guy there right now in terms of just the guy that's going to at least see 55 to 65% of the workload. I should say 60%, not 65%. So, yeah, Chubb will. Chubb's a starter there. And unquestioned, I mean, he should be the starter, at least when he's talking about just who's going to run the ball more. I think Hunt will, if Chubb's healthy all year, Hunt will lead lead them in receiving receptions. But, of course, for this to happen, Nick Chubb will have to miss some significant time, which I don't wish on anybody. Knock on wood. I hope Chubb plays all 16 games. I don't want this to happen. But if we're talking about is it conceivable to believe it? Yeah, I mean, Chubb had a bad knee injury in, in college. Kareem Hunt has, once again, this is a common theme with me. I want to see, I want to see that you have already done it. And I want to see that you're not now in your 33-year-old body. You know, I want to see that you're still relatively young, which Kareem Hunt is, which all these guys are. And I want to know that Kareem Hunt, has he even done it before? Has he carried the full workload in an NFL season? Yeah, he has. He was the RB4 in half PPR fantasy points per game in 2017. That was his rookie season. And he was the RB6 through 11 games in 2018 before he got cut. So that shows me he he definitely can do it. And now when we look at his situation in Cleveland, he's a perfect schematic fit. He has the talent of an every down back. I mean, from receiving to pass blocking to running between the tackles, running outside, big play ability. He has it all. And yeah, I mean, he's just a complete back and he's in a perfect offense with with weapons on the outside to take the pressure off of him. You're not going to want to load the box up against the Browns. You're just not going to want to. They're too dangerous on the outside, Odell and, and Jarvis over there. So, so yeah, Kareem Hunt available in the sixth or seventh round. If anything happens to Chubb, this guy's a top five running back. And it's plain and simple. If any, like if you if if um if anything happens to Chubb, I think it's not only possible, but I think it's likely that Kareem Hunt finishes at least as the RB5 on the season. So that's how I feel about that one. I think it's pretty cut and dry there. I don't think anybody would necessarily disagree with me, but I feel a little bit weird about putting him on this list just because he's not technically their starter. 
but he damn sure is one of the most talented running backs in NFL football still. All right, and I and for the record, I had a first round grade on Cream Hunt coming out of what was it, Toledo? I think it was. All right, James Conner on this list. I know that might throw you off for a loop, but let me explain. James Conner, two years ago, the the year Le'Veon Bell sat out, was the RB six in half PPR points per game. He is being drafted right now as RB twenty in the fourth or fifth rounds. I think you can safely get him in the fifth round. And I think that's a steal. But, um, I, I mean, because he is their best running back. He's he's the veteran of the bunch. Like, I know the Steelers have a couple other guys that, you know, could you potentially see those guys getting a bigger workload? Sure. But what I'm saying is, what I'm basing this on is, if James Conner sees a full workload, as he did in 2018, he has all the physical ability to finish as a top five fantasy running back. He's a complete running back. In 13 games in the 2018 season, he had five, almost 500 yards receiving. He had 497 yards, and he had 13 total touchdowns. He's in a perfect situation. Big Ben is back. They have a very, very good offensive line. And their receivers are very well-rounded. I mean, this like they have four capable receivers. If you think that Chase Claypool is worth a second-round pick, that means they have Juju, who we know is capable, James Washington, who we know is capable, Deontay Johnson, who we know is capable, and then Claypool. That's four legitimate receivers along with Eric Ebron at tight end. I mean, once again, another team that you're not – as long as Ben's playing, you're not going to want to load that box. Teams got away with loading the box last year because Ben wasn't playing. And that made things very difficult on James Conner. So, plus he was hurt for significant stretches of last season. But if James Conner's fully healthy, he has proven to be their best running back. And I do like their young running backs. But, and he's also proven at least one time to be a guy that can carry the load as a feature back in the NFL. So that's enough for me to say he can finish top five. And if you're going to get and just my overall opinion on him in terms of what I draft him is if I can get James Conner in the fifth round, I'm more than happy to take him more than happy. I'm just like, I always say, I'm going to have my roster constructed in such a manner that I can afford a miss there though. That's the crucial part. Anyways, Final guy on my list, fifth and final guy on my list here is Jonathan Taylor, rookie from the Colts. He's being drafted as RB24 in rounds five or six. Um, I think you'd be able to safely get him if it's early round six. I think you can get him there. If you're picking in the mid to late range of round five, I think if you want him, just take him there. I think he'll return value there. I do think Marlon Mack's definitely not going to be just a forgotten guy. I think Marlon Mack is going to see 40-ish percent of the workload. But even with that, Taylor's good enough to where he could still finish as. And for the let me let me clarify that Marlon Mack will will see that much of the workload at least early in the season. But if Taylor is either significant sig significantly outperforming Marlon Mack, or if Taylor, um, or if Mack gets hurt or something like that, you know, it's just. I think Jonathan Taylor's workload will increase as the season goes on. But for a team that's a win now team. 
I mean, and we know they're a win now team because they have the talent and they signed Philip Rivers. And that, t- I mean, you're only doing that if you view yourself as a win now team. And then you draft a running back in the second round that is a almost 230 pounds. I mean, and this guy has no problem being the bell cow back. He had 661 touches over the last two seasons with over 4,000 rush yards and get this 42 touchdowns. He's playing behind a great offensive line, maybe the best in the business in that, in that regard. He's, he's functional enough in the past game to at least rack up 30 or 40 catches, even as a rookie. He's not Le'Veon Bell as a receiver. He's not Saquon Barkley. But what he is as a runner is very similar to Saquon Barkley in the sense that he's, even though he's almost 230 pounds, he's a legitimate home run threat. And that is enough to push this guy up into potential top five finish because he can catch enough passes to stay on the field and he can pass protect well enough to stay on the field in passing situations. Again, you're not going to want to do anything crazy with him as a, as a receiver, but he can catch the simple check downs and stuff like that. He can, he proved that last year. He, he makes me a little bit nervous as a receiver in general, but he's functional enough to stay on the field and to catch some passes. And he has legitimate at 230 pounds has legitimate home run capability on any play. Like similar to how we see Saquon Barkley running past people, that this guy has that kind of ability in terms of just his overall how well he moves at his size and his vision burst explosiveness. He has that. I mean, you don't score 42 touchdowns playing at Wisconsin without that. And we saw him, you know, busting big long runs many times at Wisconsin. And I think that we'll see that a couple times this year as well. So height, weight, speed guy. Yes. Check a guy with a great offensive line check with enough talent outside where you're not going to want to load the box against this team because Phillip can still make you pay as long as it's not too deep of passes. (laughs) And um, yeah, I mean, just getting behind that great offensive line with a creative head coach on a win now team, which I, which I think means that they're more likely to use him. I think their intent is more of a more likely to be able to give him the ball a lot. Um, Cause he's clearly a pro ready back. Like he, of all the running backs, he is the most pro ready in my opinion from this year's draft class. So that works to his favor and it aligns with the fact that the Colts are a win now team. If he gets a full workload and I know he's a rookie, but he's a smart kid. And if he gets a full workload where, I mean, and when I say full workload, I know Naheem Hines is still there, but what I'm saying is that's 30, 30 to 40 catches, you know, and Phillip Rivers will throw it to running backs. He's, he's proven that. So with a full workload, Jonathan Taylor could most definitely finish top five. It could happen. Do I think it will? No. I think it's likely to be somewhere between 12 to 18, right in that range, right? You know, 14 to 18, probably. But if everything goes just how they want it, yes, he could absolutely finish as a top five running back in the 2020 season. So anyways, guys, I'm going to do another podcast here in a little bit. I uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Share these podcasts if you could. And uh, if you want to chat about this, Twitter at FairShakeFB, Instagram at FairShakeFootball. All right, later.